Welcome to Head of the Class, a podcast produced by Our Schools USA. We are Christina Gagne, the former school board member, and Christy Hurst, a former teacher and current public school parent. We've been having conversations across the country with individuals and groups on and offline about the concept of parents' rights. While we assume by now you've heard this term used in one way or another, it is still important to discuss what we are referring to in this podcast for our listeners. Yes, it's important to acknowledge what we are talking about when we use that term, since it is a term that is now laden with a particular meaning by far-right extremist groups and politicians. We are not talking about the Moms for Liberty and Friends version of parents' rights, which, in effect, if you actually look at what the groups and politicians do under this banner, take away choices for families. These parents' rights policies enacted by Monster Liberty and Friends also largely tend to target particular groups of individuals, including minorities and members of the LGBTQIA community. Additionally, these policies pushed by these groups tend to align with what are now commonly known as culture war issues. For clarity's sake, we will identify a few. First, the supposed presence of critical race theory curriculum in American public schools. Second, the indoctrination of what they say is LGBTQIA issues and gender identity by public schools and public school teachers. And finally, these other culture war issues that keep changing and evolving on a rotation, it seems, every few months, the latest being the attack on scholastic books. We have spent months talking to parents across the political spectrum. We wanted to have real conversations with what parents actually want from their public schools. And we have asked probing questions to get the real issues and impacts that families experience in our public schools today. We cannot overemphasize enough the impacts of the COVID pandemic on the cultural and political environment surrounding America's public schools. The pandemic created different communication frameworks. For some families, the constant nature of communication with the teachers due to online learning has now created the expectation of that consistency now that schools are largely back to in-person learning that resembles pre-pandemic learning in our public schools. And other parents have expressed that they felt like they were shut out of public schools. Some found this to be unintentional, but unfortunate and problematic, while others thought this was an intentional effort due to their particular public school system's inability to quickly pivot with communication and learning as pandemic conditions changed. We want to put a verbal asterisk here to note that every family's experience the past few years is valid. We do not want to undermine the toll that families experienced. We've acknowledged in our conversations and interactions that active listening was important. Being quarantined did create a different lens and perspective depending on experience, geographic location, race, ethnicity, gender, and other variables. Navigating how to empower families post-pandemic is not easy and no small task. So we just wanted to make sure we navigate all of this with the importance that it deserves. We also want to acknowledge that as we reviewed the focus group and polling data of parents across the political and ideology spectrum, there were some surprises. So let's turn to that polling data. So some of these results, um, I wouldn't say they were surprising, but the numerosity, the number of parents who yeah. agreed on these issues or agreed on what public schools should be focusing on was actually quite high. In some polls, 70% to 90% of parents 
agreed on these particular issues or thought these particular issues were important. So if you are familiar with polling, especially when it comes to our polarized political system that we live within these days, you usually won't get numbers that are this high. So to us, and we have looked at polls from a variety of different pollsters from across the political spectrum, we looked at polls of organizations that are, you know, what we would consider in our space anti-public education and into school privatization, they've ran polls. We've looked at polls of groups that some might consider are more left of center in the public education space. We've looked at polls of groups that are right down the middle. And so we really tried to look at the variety of polling data that is out there conducted independently of our schools USA to see what parents actually thought. And that was really where we started. And yes, we conducted our own messaging research and we continue to do so. But I just want to say that, you know, what we're going to talk about right now is really the focus of of parents, not what you're seeing in the news media under the banner of parents' rights. So, for example, over 80% of parents are, you know, concerned about improvements to education and reading. They want more personalized approaches to assessment to see if students need additional support. This issue directly rolls out of the shutdowns and out of out of COVID-19 mm-hmm. conditions. And so, whether parents, you know, were in favor of distance learning or were against it, improvements in education and reading is a top line priority. This one was a little surprising given the, you know, number of parents that have been polled across the political spectrum. In some polls, nearly 90% of parents want more funding, not less government spending and resources specifically dedicated to reading. And similarly, nearly 90% of parents want more government funding, including federal government funding, which means that the Department of Education would still exist for tutoring and other academic support. I think this one is really important to highlight too, and that's 90% of parents would support the federal government providing access to mental health supports and services. I mean, I think this is really important data to pay attention to because it really does show that Parents are more united than the media and what you're seeing out there would make us believe. Yes, and this is also counter to the messaging that we're seeing from far-right extreme groups like Moms for Liberty, who are saying that parents want cuts to mental health supports and services. Uh, Polls across the board, and again, we looked at polling data from groups that would be considered more right of center as well as left of center. And where these parents actually are agreeing in large part, is that their students and students in public schools need more mental health support. That means more counselors. That means more ancillary services. That means more one-on-one support. So this is not something parents want to cut. Exactly. That feeds into this is it's not just things from the pandemic. Many parents are also looking at bullying, and they also see that bullying in public schools is tied to the lack of mental health supports and that bullying causes distractions in public schools that deter from learning. So this is something really important for us to be looking at and appreciating is that we are not just looking at the data of one point on the political ideology spectrum. We are going very broad in our our net and making sure that we're reflecting what actual parents on the ground across the country are thinking. Now, some other interesting insights, and this was actually a poll of Americans, so this was not just parents, but this was reactions to 
proposed or recently enacted policies. So one of the things that, you know, pulled very interestingly was, you know, banning books that partisan politicians decide they don't like or agree with. 84% of Americans find this concerning, including 56% who find it very concerning. Uh, another, uh, you know, proposed or recently enacted policy was changing the teaching of slavery to promote the idea that there were benefits for the slaves. 81% of the Americans polled found this concerning, including 57% who found this very concerning. So counter to what you're hearing from far right talking heads, um, both that lead mega churches as well as who are elected officials, as well as what you're seeing in the far right conservative media, people do not like the idea that slavery is not being taught in a very fact-based way of what actually happened and trying to make sure that students have a very layered and rich understanding of American history. Um, 92% of Americans were concerned about policies banning books, including books about Anne Frank and Martin Luther King. So one of the things that we're seeing across the board when we look at polls, particularly if you bring up, uh, you know, historical figures, is they're actually doing polling related to books that are being pulled. And so they didn't just sort of throw Anne Frank and MLK out, <laughs> out of nowhere. There are school districts right now where parents are asking for books about Anne Frank to be banned. They are asking for books about MLK to be banned. And parents cannot believe the fact that you would try to get books, particularly the diary of Anne Frank pulled from public schools. And so this is not just parents, it's just Americans at large really don't like the idea of book bans. And then we can also turn to focus groups. So we've been looking at polling data again across the spectrum, but we'll also turn to fo focus groups. And so, you know, we, you know, looked at some focus group data from parents in Iowa and we shared some of this on our Instagram account as well. Um, and, you know, this is something that, you know, an Iowa dad, when asked about the teaching of gender and race in schools, this is what he said. From my school next to none, from things through different media outlets, eye catching now, People like to talk about these issues because people like to get mad about it. And a mom in, you know, another focus group said, it just seems like at the national level, you hear all these outrageous stories, but I haven't heard of any problems or issues or are taking away from school time here. And so even when you get into focus groups and you're talking at the hyper local level, you don't have parents who have stories and experiences that match what you're seeing in the far right media, that match the policies that are being enacted in states across the country. Um, and in fact, um, in focus groups, you know, parents, students and teachers unprompted. So this is something where kind of a free flow of ideas and information shared, you know, what they are hearing from the right wing media and they find it very disturbing. So they brought up the AP psychology ban in Florida. They brought up book bans. Um, they brought up, you know, rainbow flag bans. Um, they meant pride flag bans, but they brought these things up to say, these things are not issues in our public schools. And so we just don't know why it's being discussed in the right wing news media. So we wanted to share seven high level takeaways from our conversation, interactions and the hard data. So first, you can be serious about improvement in academics and a focus on quality public education. while also creating a supportive environment for all students and families. These are not mutually exclusive. The divisiveness being created in our public schools 
by purported parental rights groups attempts to trick parents into thinking we cannot have both in our public schools. Next, the right of one group of parents should not supplant the rights of all other parents. When you talk to parents, and in fact, polls of parents indicate they do not want other parents to control what happens in the classroom. What they want is involvement and access in our public schools. When you, next, when you talk to parents about cuts to mental health supports in schools and learning programs that support emotional growth, again, polls of parents and data indicate that in fact, parents want these programs in our schools. What they want is to be partners in these supports and to be empowered to support their children. Additionally, if we were talking genuinely about rights for families in public education, it would be with a tone of compassion, change, and hope, not in terms that immediately isolate one group of parents or students. And parents across the political and ideological spectrum do not want culture wars in our public schools. I repeat, they do not want culture wars in our public schools. They find that these cause distractions from meaningful learning and create a negative school climate, which is not supportive of student success. And finally, back to this idea of culture war distractions, these distractions are keeping public schools from tackling the real issues that impact your students and families every single day. Parents simply don't support book bans, which take books off library shelves. They don't support the lack of choice for their children. They don't support cuts to mental health services, which ensure that both schools and parents are collaboratively addressing the needs of students. And so, you know, from our, you know, work across the country, from the polling data that we've reviewed, um, you know, focus groups and other messaging work we've done, um, you know, we are really finding, and, and Christy, I'll let you chime in here uh, in my jet lag state <laughs> from, from your conversations as well uh, with parents, you know, we are actually finding that, you know, we did not have a thesis going into this of what parents were going to feel about certain issues, because it is hard to know. Communities are very different. There's lots of different factors, um, you know, that make a community what it is and what their views are on certain topics and on their public schools. Um, but, you know, I think we've been genuinely surprised sort of the through line that we've been hearing from parents and communities across the country. Yeah, I think I too believed it was a majority. I, I was surprised by just how high the percents were. And what we're hearing over and over again, no matter your political ideology, no matter where people stand, they are not happy about culture wars taking over their school districts. And they feel that it is distracting from things that positively impact their students' educational experience. So when we talk about parents' rights, and this is why we wanted to, you know, to have this podcast today, I think it's really important to, one, define what we mean. And that is something that we're going to have to do as the pro-public education space. And so, you know, homework from this podcast is how are we defining parents' rights? You know, they, the far-right extremists came up with this term. And sure, the term is creative because it makes you think that it is about rights for parents. But the reality is, is they have defined it on the far right in a very narrow way. And so one of the things that we have to do is explain what that actually means when they use the term versus what parents' rights actually should be. And that is something in our conversations, you know, we found that parents who are fighting at the local level that is a big challenge because one group will come into a community, you know, school board meeting and say, 
we're the parents' rights group and we want to ban these books in schools. And then another group of parents comes in and says, we don't agree with those policies. Like, what about our choices and what about what we want for our students? And so it really is important that we start framing this issue. I think second, it's the data. So we have been taking a deep dive into data across the education space. So, you know, we looked at the data of organizations that we fundamentally disagree with um, due to their focus on school privatization, but they're finding the same things with their parents. And they may be asking those questions in their national polls for very different reasons that organizations like ours are asking questions in national polls. But we're all getting the same result. And that's what I find interesting, Christy, is that we may be very divided on our view of public education and what the future of it should be. But when we're all talking to parents, we're hearing the exact same things. It's comforting in my, I think, that it, it confirms what, you know, I thought to be true when we started this whole process. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, defining what parent right means that that's part of the homework, you know, how do we do that effectively, but also look at the data. Um, I, I think that this is one of those situations where if you are in a part of the country and you're listening to us and you feel like this is only happening in, you know, my little part of the country with my little school board and, and I feel like I'm alone, but why would parents like book bans? Your intuition is right. They don't. And so the issue really is it's the activism and the activation is that we need to make sure that in our corners of this country, in our from the littlest school boards in this nation to the, to the ones in major cities, we need to make sure that, you know, we are educating other community members, parents, students and teachers about what's actually happening, because that's the gap. So the gap is not that most parents don't like these culture war policies, that most parents don't like these distractions in public schools, that most parents don't want schools focusing on the business of learning. It's that we are not doing a great job yet collectively uh, as groups that want our public schools to thrive of making sure the parents of school-aged children and our neighbors and community members, you know, actually know what's going on. And so I think that you know, what, what is a, a positive thing is the data is with us. And so the data should be affirming for you. But we have to take this as a call to action to make sure that we are using this knowledge and activating our neighbors and making sure we're stepping up for our public schools. Um, we will definitely have more on this topic, but we did want to take some time to address, you know, what actually parents want, because we're just seeing so much in the news media and, you know, we've had conversations with parents and one thing stands out to me in speaking with a parent and what they said was, I don't know why the news media is always telling me what I think. I don't agree at all with what they're saying. And I think if you had that same conversation with many parents across the country, they would say the exact same thing. This has been Head of the Class, a podcast produced by Our Schools USA. Once again, we are Christina Gagne, the former school board member, and Christy Hurst, a former teacher and current public school parent. And always remember, don't get mad, get organized.